ready to create and grow the impactful and profitable business you've been dreaming of? It's all possible. A bigger audience, more impact, and a new revenue stream. We'll show you how. I'm Jenny Barcelos. And I'm Sandy Connery. And this is the Soulful MBA Podcast. everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Soulful MBA podcast. Today's episode is all about priorities. I'm Jenny Barcelos, and I'm joined with my co-host, Sandy Connery. Hey, Sandy. Hey, Jenny. How are you? I'm great. And this evening, it's a Saturday night, and we are recording this episode with you, which is ironic because of what this topic is about. (laughs) So true. So Sandy, you found a book a few weeks ago called Drop the Ball, and you recommended it to me. And usually you don't give me such a strong recommendation for a book. So I basically downloaded it immediately from Audible and started listening to it. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and then we'll kind of dive into why it spurred this topic for us as a podcast episode. Sure. This book, I heard the author um, interviewed and I was so curious about what she was teaching and talking about. Her name is Tiffany Dufu, which you and I have now made Dufu into a verb, which we'll get into. And the book is called Drop the Ball. And she is just one of these women that right now I'm totally crushing on her. Everything that she does, right down to the shoes that she wears, I just I think she's just amazing. And what the book is about is how she is a very ambitious woman with two kids and a husband, how she figured out um, how to achieve what she wanted to do and manage her household and have a good relationship with her children and her husband. So basically doing everything, but really setting priorities and, and figuring out how to enlist some help in her life so that she can have it all. So it's called drop the ball, but there's a lot of things that she drops some balls that she chooses not to do things in order to achieve the things that are important to her. Yeah, I, I, that resonated with me so much. And we get this question actually a lot. I feel like even in Facebook or just with clients we work with or like with, with other kind of women in tech who approach us or try to talk to us about mentorship. I feel like this question comes up all the time. Like, how do you do this? Like, how do you have a child? And you and I each only have one child. I can't, you know, and I'm always like, well, here's how I figured out out to do it with one child. But if you had more than that, I don't even know how that would work, you know, but people are still like, how do you do these things? And I think, um, some of it, it's definitely not magic and it's, it's possible because a lot of things don't, we don't do right. Like we make choices not to do other things that maybe were once priorities for us in our lives. And so we're just going to sort of talk through what those choices have been for us, but also kind of put it up against a framework that Tiffany Dufu talks about in her writing as well. And I think that this will be helpful for people. Yeah, it's going to be super helpful. And I think there's, you know, in that self-help genre, you know, with what uh, Tara Sophia Moore is doing and Sheryl Sandberg and a lot of the books that we've mentioned in the past podcasts, it, there's lots of help about being, you know, reach for your dreams and these are your goals and how to be a leader and how to achieve what you want, how to start that business. There's all sorts of books around that. But at the end of the day, after I read those some of those books, I'm still faced with making dinner and vacuuming my house and, you know, 
booking uh, swimming lessons or whatever the millions of tasks you have at your household. And I, that's, that's what Tiffany kind of fills in that gap is like, yes, let's do this and let's have this. But oh my God, who's going to do the dishes? Like who's going to do the grocery shopping this week if I take that on? Yeah. Right. So that's, that's the part that I don't hear anybody talking about. I don't hear anyone talking about that. Sure. We can do whatever we want. Great. But then like the reality, the mechanics of the day-to-day life is like, how, how am I going to do this? And this is what she she write, writes about. Yeah. And, you know, I loved it because she said she gets approached all the time She because she has this like very high-powered job in D.C. And she gets approached all the time by friends and colleagues and mentees asking her, how does she do it all? And she said, what you really should be asking if you're talking to someone about that question is, what are they not doing? Not what are they doing to have it all, but what are they not doing? Right. And I I think that that's super important. It's a really useful way to frame it. Like the way that you kind of achieve your dream as an entrepreneur is by deciding to let go of other stuff. And I mean, I think even if you're not an entrepreneur, if you're just trying to balance a lot of different parts of yourself in your life, if you have a family and a career and a partner and, you know, an interest or a passion or whatever, like regardless of whether or not you have a business and you're an entrepreneur like this, uh, this applies to you, you have tough choices to make. Um, so Mm -hmm. yeah, she, she is a part of the book where she describes like how we need to have as women, we need to have these conversations about what you just said about what we're not doing so that other women look at at, and realize that, oh, she doesn't, you know, you're not as we often think like, how does she do it all? How does she do it all? Well, she's not doing it all. Exactly. The outward appearance is that she is. So she wants to encourage women to admit and tell everyone, yeah, my house is a mess. I have an open mail for three months or whatever it is. And she has these little, what does she call them? Like little micro pushbacks or something where she's trying to get that word out. So if someone, you know, sends her an invite for her son to go to a birthday party, she will kindly reply, can you please send this to my husband? He is in charge of the children's after school activities or social life or however she frames (laughs) it. And they're like, what? Your husband? She's like, yes, please forward. Don't ask me. Ask my husband. And at first I was thinking, whoa, if it was me, I would just take it and give it to my husband. But that's her little micro way of saying, you know, we don't have to do it all. Like it's her little message, you know, or someone will say, how do you do it all? And she says, I don't do half the things you think I do. Yeah. Right. So there's these little answers to the questions that she's trying to get people to go, huh? All right. You know, can that, I think it's such an important conversation. Yeah. So let's dive in. We were going to talk about a few different aspects related to priorities and sort of simplifying your life so that you can focus on those things that you deem as priorities and that you've decided to focus on. And so letting go is this first one. And I think there are kind of like three different criteria that you want to look at for letting go. So one is like people and relationships. Are there sort of people and relationships in your life that are not serving you anymore in this season? Or maybe they were never serving you, but you were attached to them still out of guilt or obligation or something. That's one way of letting go. Another way is letting go of the idea of perfection, which is what you kind of taught me, Sandy, as being really important. And then the third way is letting go of ways that we spend time. And so I think a lot of the like literature and sort of the popular conversation around letting go is just focused on this, like letting go of the things you spend time on. And that's important. I think you can, you know, get rid of a lot of low hanging fruit, but I think you also should consider those other aspects too. Like, are there relationships that you can let go of? And are there, is there some standard that you're holding yourself to that's not healthy? Like some perfect version of yourself that you've 
you know, created in your mind that's totally unrealistic and unfair? Um, and how, how can you work to let go of that? Yeah. And I think there's, um, a letting go of what your house and your, the order (laughs) within should be too, right? To me that, yeah. So that's sort of a mixture of the idea of perfection and the way mm-hmm. you spend your time, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> it's because I cho- I choose now not to clean my house and we have a cleaning lady that comes in once a, a week because that is not what I wanted to do. That's not a good use of my time. I don't enjoy it. I don't know who, many who do. Actually, no, I do. I do know some people that enjoy keeping their house clean. It's not me. So that is one thing. <laughs> not me that either. <laughs> there's, they're few and far between. But, um, and I also like... I had to get okay with some of the clutter. Like you could spend your life, I think, once you have even just one child, the stuff that accumulates on countertops and the island, like I'm just okay with it. You know, it's I, I love it when it's clean and tidy, but I have to let go of that ideal of everything being perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's do I want, and especially now that we work from home, Jenny, it's like, it's always in front of me. And I have to remember that I'm not here to clean my house or tidy up. I am here to work. Like these are my working hours and that's a really hard adjustment. Yeah, no, it totally is. I mean, I, I think if you can, if you have a way to afford it in your budget to hire someone to clean, I've had periods of my life where we, that made sense for where we lived and what, what that cost and what was involved in other times where it hasn't. Um, but I always have found that that was, incredibly helpful. I always found that I though would clean my house first. I'm one of those people. And I think there's a lot of people like this. Like I would spend two hours tidying my house in order to get it ready for the cleaning person. So, so it sort of like defeats the purpose, but I think that you've got it spot on. I think if you do it every week, I would do it like once a month. Right. So it would get to the point where I sort of had to prep for this person. But if you can do it every week, like you do it, Sandy, then you're, you never get so much clutter going or, you know, so much disorganization going that you have to focus Mm -hmm. on it first. Maybe that's the key. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. The frequency makes a difference. Ours is every two weeks. And I do, I do run around and like clean up, like just move stuff so that she can clean. Right. But she just, I felt like that in the beginning when she first, the first couple times she came, but then I just like throw stuff on the bed and clear up the floor. And my son's like, I just really like 10 minutes max. And, And she, she does not expect like, she's really good. And she's helped me kind of break through that. Like I would clean the if there was a dirty pan in the sink, I'd clean it so that she yeah. wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. But she's like, leave it, leave wow. it. Because I'd be, she'd come in and I'd be, she's like, Sandy, just leave it. Because you're usually on Zoom talking to me when she's in there. Yeah. She comes in and she's like, no, go, go work, you know? So, so that, yeah, I don't, yeah, that just seems crazy to me, you know, yeah. that that's just not, not what it's for. That doesn't help. Yeah, no. And so I think, so that's something that I think everyone should think of. And like, what can you let go of? Like what, like maybe it doesn't need to be as clean as it used to be, or maybe you don't need to do like 300 activities with your children every week (laughs) and rush them around. I mean, there are things like that. I made the choice to sort of like relocate my family to a rural community on an island. And we just don't have as many things to, we can do. We had to downsize. We have a, a small home on some land and we don't have a lot of room. So we couldn't bring a lot of stuff. And we have a like kind of a hard limit on what we can bring into the house. Like we lost all these trees this winter and like we were talking about possibly getting a chainsaw, like something like a chainsaw, which would be really helpful if you have 30 trees down on your land, but I have nowhere to put a chainsaw because I don't have a garage right now. So like, do I want a chainsaw in our extra bathroom? 
no, I don't. So we don't have a chainsaw. So, right. So we're going to use the handsaw that we have. And so there's a lot, like every single thing that comes into my house is like a very calculated decision. And in a way that's super helpful. That's like letting go ahead of time so that I don't bring that additional stress and clutter into the space. Right. So I think that's the whole like minimalism movement. Mm -hmm. Right. But I, I'm yeah. definitely not a minimalist. I like really, I'm intrigued <laughs> by those people, but that's not my life. So I think letting go of that stuff. And then the, this other thing too, the people thing I want to talk about, because I think that comes across as kind of potentially harsh, but if you have relationships that aren't serving you, it's not, you know, obviously helpful to have those people taking up your precious time and taking you away from your other priorities. But there's, there's those kinds of relationships, but there's also your inbox, right? So I will admit that I have like 60,000 emails in my inbox. I'm not one of these inbox zero people. And I also don't feel obligated. If someone emails me personally, I do not feel obligated to reply. And I don't look at my inbox as something that I have to respond to. It's a choice. Anyone that I choose to respond to is, is a choice <laughs> and it's up to me. And I don't, I don't allow myself anymore to feel obligated to those things. So, because that like my inbox is someone else's, it's a collection of other people's priorities. Right. And I have, I have had to work really hard and be diligent about making sure that I don't allow those people to sort of, and their priorities, they, you know, I'm sure they're very lovely people, but I don't allow those people to, to have their priorities take over mine and my time. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. I clean out my inbox probably once a month, right down to, I just delete, maybe I keep like the last month of emails, uh, but it's just a big select it and delete it. Cause I, I just, there's just no way you can respond to everything and you yeah. choose. It's a prior, you're right. It's a priority. And there's so many, when you put yourself out there, you know, when you have a company like we do, there's so much cold emailing and like, I want to do this for you. And I want to do that for you. And I want to write, write on your blog. And, and they, they're very well intentioned. I want to take you out for coffee, like yeah. endless. And it's, yeah. it's, it's tough. It, it's, it's tough. So yeah, I don't think you should feel bad about that. Cause you could spend your entire, you know, a good portion of your day just dealing with the inbox and that doesn't do anybody any good. Yeah. And so, and I think just, it doesn't have to just be an email, you know, but if you have somebody coming up to you and asking you, can you give me some time or, you know, can I, can I hop on the phone and pick your brain about something? There were years of my life, like seasons of my life where I would say yes to everything like that. And you just, I think you have to acknowledge which season you're in and whether that makes sense. So when I was first starting this company, I was doing a lot of those cold emails. I was reaching out to people trying to understand this market in the yoga studio space. And I was, I would do anything anyone asked me because I was, I was in a space where I was transitioning from sort of one profession or career to a new one. And I was just kind of an open book, but three years in now it's, it's a different situation. I'm in a different phase and you know, it's, so it's not, it's not a personal thing. I think at all, it's like you, it, you, you shouldn't be upset if somebody doesn't respond to your email. I think you also don't need to feel obligated you know, unless you have some kind of relationship with them to respond to theirs. And this is different, obviously, than, than a business situation. Like we respond to everyone, you know, who writes us in our business. Um, you know, we have a team that responds to our inbox, but this is more on the personal side that we're sort of talking about right now. And the thing that, that I feel really invaded with is Facebook. 
uh, messenger. messenger. I don't even look there. I don't even look there. I can't even like, I can't even look at it. I can't open it. Um, so that is the worst place to message me is Facebook message. And I have some real like close friends that, that have messaged me on there and I've missed it. And I just told them like, just text me because I will not, I can't even open that up because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. It's terrible. No, it's so true. I just basically, I think texting is now the only reliable way that someone Mm -hmm. can get to me because I also don't answer my phone. I mean, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's, that's also very tricky. So I'm like, text me. That's it. Like if you email me, I might get it. If you Facebook message me, I might get it. If you're my friend already on Facebook, I might get it. I definitely never get those other, those like messages that come from people who are not your friend. And then the other thing, you know what? I logged into LinkedIn because I got some sort of like some email from some, I got an email that I got an email from somebody in LinkedIn, a message, right? And I was like, oh, I don't ever go on here. This is interesting. And there was like a whole inbox of messages for like six months of people personally messaging me in LinkedIn. And I was like, just like, I sort of wrote a <laughs> one sentence, delete. like, well, I wrote, I like copied and pasted, like, I'm sorry, I do not check messages in LinkedIn, <laughs> you know, and I'm, it's just like, there's so many ways to reach people and that people can reach you. Like, you've just got to cut, you've got to decide what is your channel and you've got to like, let the rest of it go. You've got to tell the people that you love, like your inner circle, how to get a hold of you. And then you just need to like, be able to avoid and ignore the rest of those things. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's it. And, and voicemail too. I think I have six. 64 voice yeah, messages on my phone. I, I can't even. Look, I don't ever look at them. No, no. And you know what? I, you know what's really hard? So generationally, this is tricky. So mm-hmm. just because there are people who are from a different generation who do not understand this because they don't have all these modes of communication. And so I've had a few instances um, where people, ha- I think, have gotten very upset that I did not respond to their phone call and their voicemail. And I think that's because like there was a time where that was not considered appropriate, mm-hmm. but um, so just, you know, be aware, I get that. be aware, dude, just be aware if, if like, if, if you're waiting on a, a message from somebody and they're going to call you, just maybe check your voicemail that day. But <laughs> anyway, so letting go, this is sort of like the main, the main part of this, but there, there are other parts as well of this, like, dropping the ball priority conversation. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is a tool designed to help you teach, train, and coach from anywhere on the planet. If you're a wellness professional looking to take your business to the next level, you can learn more at namastream.com. So Sandy, the next one that we have written down is asking for help. I think we should also talk about the, I think we missed one. I think the first one should have been deciding what's important. Like oh, right, really, right, right. what are your priorities? So before you let go, you need to decide what is the most important, what, what is most important to you? What are your goals? What do you want to achieve? And Anything that gets in the way of that is what needs to be dropped yeah. or need, you need to let go of that. So, um, you know, I have a friend who it's really, really important to her that her house and her family are taken care of. And it's like a sanctuary. That's how she describes it. So she does not work outside the home. Um, and she, that, that is what is important to her. So she's made decisions to let go of her career, to raise her children, 
and support her husband's career. And that's really important to her. Um, there's others um, who were do choose to work outside the home. And, and Tiffany Dufu is a great example of that because her goal, her mission in life is to help as many women and girls as she can in her lifetime. And so if she's looking at things like bake cookies for a bake sale on her to-do list, there's some decisions there that that doesn't really impact her and what she wants to do. So she chooses to drop that ball. Yeah. So I think getting really clear on what your mission is, and this all goes back to you, what your why is, because you can't do it all. So what are the things you're going to do that will help you with that thing that you want to achieve? Yeah, you know, there, I don't, I don't know where this came from, but I've heard this like internet meme are going around before that's talking about like fitness, friends, family, mm. career. There's like five things and like name three. You can only have three at any given time. Like you can't have all five at the same time. And I wish I could think of the fourth one. It's like fitness, family, friends, career. Maybe faith? it's like, maybe it's faith. or No, I don't think it's faith. I think it was maybe like, I don't know, hobbies we'll find or it. something. We'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. But it's like, it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of the truth. Like nobody can do all those things really well you at, at one time, like that's just not going to happen. Like you can have it all, but not at the same time. Mm -hmm. So just, you need to decide what is really important to you. And I think in our community, wellness is obviously really like fitness and wellness is generally very important to, to our mm -hmm. community. And I think that that's sort of a non-negotiable, but you know, like you've got to sort of decide where you lie on those other things. Like, you know, I've started feeling like with friends, I have so many people that I love and I adore and I don't have enough time for my kind of inner people for the most part. And so when I have new people reach out to me, um, I feel a little bit antisocial because I don't have any space like me inviting another person in means I'm pushing somebody else out or not able to phone them back or, you know, connect with them, um, as much as I want to, who's, who's already really important and sacred in my life. And so I, I know that like friends is a category that's important to me, but even within that category, I've had to make choices where like, I don't really have room for a new friend right now. <laughs> like I, I don't have enough room for the people that I already love. And mm -hmm. so you just got to also be like mindful of that stuff too. And, I don't know, that's, that's kind of tricky, <laughs> but it's, I think it's important, like figure out what you really value. And you know, one of the things that Tiffany said in the book um, or in one of her YouTube videos, I can't remember where she talked about like fitness is really important to her and how even when her husband had, um, she usually gets up really early and goes to the gym before work and her husband gets the kids ready for school. And one morning her husband asked if she could get the kids ready for school because he had an important work commitment. And she said, no, <laughs> because fitness is on her high priority list. And I think you and I both, we had a conversation about that, Sandy, and we were like mouth like, oh. gaping. Like, she said, no, she said, he no. asked for a favor. <laughs> he just asked for a favor. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's boundaries, right? And yeah. she's, she's made decisions and she's boundaries. expressed them to him. He agreed. And let, let me listen to me talking about their marriage, like I'm part of it or something. But, <laughs> but I just, I just, yeah, it just really struck me that she said no. Yeah, that's huge. And he was like, it's just strike everyone. Like no one I know, <laughs> no one I know would have said no. Like no, none of my girlfriends would have said no. I can't imagine anyone I know saying no to that. But now I'm like, 
Mm, there's something to that. Like there's something to saying no, so like keeping your word to yourself about what yeah. is important to you. And so I don't know, you got to figure those things so you, out and then stick to them. She, she says that it's really important. Like your first step in this whole process is to figure out what makes you happy. Yeah. And so if that workout is so important to you. It makes you function better during the day. It makes you a happier person. It makes you enjoy life. And it, obviously there's you know, the obvious health, health benefits. Uh, but she, but she finds it clears her head. She gets new ideas. She gets, you know, these innovative creative thinking going on in her runs. Um, so it's extremely important to her and she's declared that and she holds on to that. Yeah. And I think that um, speaking for myself, I'm way too wishy. Do you need something? I'll I'll help you. I'll drop the ball. Mm-hmm. I'll drop the ball. It's funny that I use that expression. I'll drop whatever I'm I'm doing, and I will help you mm-hmm. because you asked me. Yeah, yeah. And, and then that's what breeds resentment, right? Which is da- danger zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which is which is the next the next the next topic is like the ability to ask for help and mm-hmm. to go to go further on your resentment. Um, comment in her, the beginning of her book, like I sometimes had to look around when I read her stories, like, are you standing in my house, Tiffany? Because I just said those words that you're, you're describing yourself, tell, you know, talking to your husband. It's the, this idea that um, you do all this, all the things. So we as women and young girls, we've all been socialized to believe that the woman takes care of the household management right? Mm -hmm. That's just how we were, we we grew up and the men too. They're also socialized to believe that. And so, you know, like we try to do everything at home and then I have found myself feeling resentful. It's like, does anyone else see that there's a, you know, sink full of dishes? Does anyone else see that pile of laundry? And, And you start like, doing it all and you don't ask for help and you, you kind of, you feel really unappreciated and you start feeling resentful and it's a dangerous spiral to get, to get on. Yeah. It's totally unhealthy for our relationships to, to breed that kind of resentment. And I think, you know, I think you and I both have had really positive experiences with when we do ask for help that yeah. our family kind of steps up and is like, sure. Great. And I, I have a really, I'm a lucky person in that mm-hmm. sense that I've worked really hard to make sure that I, I carve out some balance in like housework and child rearing. Like we're just about, I'd say 50, 50, if not, my husband does more than me at this point, which is, I think very unusual, but it wasn't like that for a long time. Right. It was like <laughs> the reverse of that for a long, long time. And, um, it's been a long road to get to that point, but, but I know that every time I ask for help, like, can you help me fold this giant King duvet cover that I can't fold by myself? Like, sure. You know, instead of me like piling it on the couch, like for somebody to see like, oh, maybe someone needs help folding this duvet cover for two days. Like, I just have to ask. So, so Tiffany said in that section of the book, she said that if you try to like bang pots and slam things down yeah. like hello is anyone noticing that something else needs to be done here that they that they they won't notice until you ask them or if you know like there's a i don't know stuff on the stairs that needs to be taken up nobody is going to bother doing it because they know that it bothers you more and that you'll ultimately do it so why are they going to do it mm-hmm. and so however if you say could you do this 
um, or this is your job. Uh, she she talks against making things transactional, like take off the garbage and uh, you know fold this laundry because it doesn't get it gets you anywhere. It gets you still kind of in this angry state that you always have to ask why why do I nobody asked me to do it? Why do I have to ask someone else to do it? And so yeah, just like if you can express that this is really important to me and I need help, people will whether it's your husband or your partner or your kids or your friends or your family, somebody will come forward and help you. But we just need to ask. We just need to ask the question. Yeah, I think that's right. The other last week I had, um, I worked a little bit, I lost track of time. I was working, writing these emails for her upcoming webinar. And I realized I had an hour where I had to like walk the dog, make dinner and get to my drawing class. And I was kind of in a panic and I was in the middle of Tiffany's book. So I asked my son if he would make dinner and I gave him the directions and he did it. And I walked the dog while he made dinner. And I think probably before I would have just been late for my class and just done it all. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's kind of a cool experiment to ask for help and see who, who says yes without any, you know, no need to talk anyone into anything. They just like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Yeah. And, and the, like, let's just be clear. Nobody likes a martyr. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not attractive on anyone. Like it's just not. So I think we all like gravitate towards that. At least most of us do. And then we like, you just need to be able to see that in yourself and realize like, that's not a pretty sight. Like nobody wants to be around that. Like just, just ask for what you need. And, and like get clear on it and ask for it. And, and like, I think the more consistent you are about saying these are my priorities to the people around you, the more they'll respect that about you. Yeah, they'll help you. And it's not just your immediate family or your, and your, your spouse. It's, it's your, you know, the moms that are at your children's school and it's your family and it's your neighbors or, and, you know, your like friends, there's your best your friends. friends. Like yeah. there's, you know, of course I would help anybody that and even just with kids right like there's so many times where you have an event and and I would just phone uh, my son's friend's parents and say do you mind if he comes over for a sleepover and it's kind of you know there's some gumption there just like hey can you take my kid and they're like more than happy to they're more than happy to so yeah it's just a great reminder to to ask for help you know people are willing to do it so So graciously. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And this goes to not just like to free time, like ask for what you need. Like if you're trying to film your like yoga classes or your fitness Mm. classes, like ask the local studio if you can use it in the off hour, like start asking for what you want and what you need, regardless of whether you feel like you deserve it. Right. Because the only way you start to feel like you deserve it is by kind of willing that into existence. (laughs) So it's not just about freeing up time for yourself. Like start to, to like ask for what you actually need. And maybe that's time or maybe it's something else. And, and to let go of that. There's only one way to do things. Mm -hmm. So if you ask for help, don't expect them to do it exactly like you do it, you know, and that's okay too. Right. So that maybe there's a better way that you've never thought of. There's there's a more efficient way that you've never considered. So uh, I think it, it, well, in Tiffany's book, she talks about how men often don't want to jump in and help because it's a certain way that the their wife wants things done. And they're like, ah, I don't know how to do it properly. So I don't do it, you know, and if you just let give them some freedom, some latitude, they may come up with a better solution. And yeah. that's that's a pretty cool thing. So don't have that tight control of expectation. It's got to be done this way because then you are going to end up doing it all the time by yourself. 
I learned this in all of my baby books from when I had my daughter, mm. which is just like, you need to ask for help when you have a newborn and whoever is helping you out is not going to do it your way. And you need to give them slack and they're going to do the best that they can. Right. And so they're not going to hold the baby the way you want. They're not going to feed the baby you want the way you mm. want. They're not going to do anything the way you would do it because nobody's you, but you, you still need to give yourself like space to be an adult sometimes or to take a shower or whatever. So you have to be okay with that. So I think those of us who are moms, like sort of remember, maybe can mm-hmm. remember this from like those newborn days, just like channel that now with your whole life. <laughs> That's right. Every Wednesday morning, I go to a, a network networking meeting really, really early and it's before anyone else is up. And so my husband is in charge of getting my son out the door and get lunch, lunch, you know, him fed and lunch is made and out the door. And, um, I, I found out that like for like a year, my husband wasn't making lunches. My son was making his own lunch. <laughs> like four days of the week, I'm making lunch. And then <laughs> Owen makes his own lunch. I'm like, wait a second. How, wh- when did that start? It was like forever, right? But I never thought to ask, like, can you make your own lunch? Or do you, you mean he takes cola balls? We have these like silver decorative sugar balls to do with from a, um, a gingerbread house that we made a couple of years ago. And he like pulls those out of the cupboard and he puts that in his lunch. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't let him make his lunch. But for once a week, like it's sort of this novelty that he gets to put whatever he wants in. Right. So that's how my husband solved that. Cause he didn't like doing it. So yeah. he's like, Oh, you're making your own lunch. Right. That's amazing. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> ask for help everyone. Just like, ask, like, don't just don't do everything anymore. And see how, like, see if the, if the earth, if the sky falls, right? See if the earth falls apart, if you just stop doing everything. Okay. And then the, the sort of final point that I have noted down, Sandy, is just, we were going to talk about, you have to squeeze time and space from somewhere. So it's kind of like the opposite of the beginning where we talked about picking your priorities. Like you also have to figure out where you're going to get time from to, in, to be able to prioritize those like top three things, for example, that you want to have. So if you want to have a business, you're going to have to let go of something else. Like if you already have work that you do, maybe, you know, freelance teaching or training or coaching or whatever, and now you're adding a new business, like that's really different. And so where are you going to get that time from? And um, from most people that I know that operate at a very high level, they like they don't watch TV. That's one way to give up time. Um, or to give yourself time back. And I know like Tiffany Dufu talks about having not watched TV for 10 years. And I think that Seth Godin also has mentioned he has not watched TV for 10 years. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to think about like, and and I'm, I like sort of love pop culture. And so I always want to have some connection to it. So there's always like one Netflix show or something that I watch and I, I will watch that every week. Right. So I give myself something because I enjoy it. But there's like times in my life, like when I was starting Namastream, there's probably nine months or 10 months where I didn't watch anything, like nothing, nothing, like nothing on Netflix, nothing, zero, zero minutes. Because you made that a priority. (laughs) Because it didn't even matter to me. You know, the other thing is I love blogs. Like I love food blogs and I love lifestyle blogs. I just love, like there's certain like design blogs, there's maybe like 10 or 12 blogs that I read every week that I really enjoy just in a feed in feedly, like in a feed reader. And I don't always read every post or whatever, but like, I probably read a dozen blog posts a week that I really enjoy. And they're not business at all. Like they're not even remotely business related, right? Like fashion house stuff, whatever. 
And like the same thing, there are, there are times where I'll go like six months or more without like opening Feedly because I'm just in a space where that is not the priority. And I don't even, it's not like I have to like fight against that urge. I don't know if you're like this, Sandy. Like I'm like, I don't even think about it. Mm-mm. I'm busy. Like it doesn't cross my mind. Yeah. I just no, want space absolutely. for it. Cause it's not the prior, like that's the mm-hmm. easiest stuff to cut out of your life. Like scrolling on Facebook, reading mm-hmm. blogs, watching TV, there are those things, but, but there may be other things that are not just kind of, you know, fun or drivel that you have to let go of to make space for what you really value. And in, in the case, you know, of us and what we are sort of talking about in this podcast, it's, it's business or entrepreneurship. Like you're going to have to let go of something significant in order to make space. And maybe it's like housework, or maybe it's like getting additional childcare if you have children, or maybe it's like scaling back your work hours. Maybe, I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know, but there's stuff that you're going to have to make a shift in, in order to create space out of nowhere. And it should not be staying up late and losing sleep because that's just a bad idea. Yeah. It shouldn't be anything that's detrimental to your well-being, right? So especially if you're in wellness, like don't look at us and like the, the pots of coffee that we drink every day, like you need to be able to be an example, right? To your clientele. So if you're a health coach or a life coach or a yoga teacher or a trainer or whatever, you need to be able to live that, right? So you have to find space in like the daytime hours. That's not going to take away from your ability to you know, have healthy food and adequate sleep. So you want to think about what the, what that is. And like, maybe it's like, if you're, if you run races and marathons and stuff like that, like maybe you still have your fitness practice, but you're not going to do any races for the next year, right? Like there's stuff like that, that, you know, are, that are things that are important to you, maybe that, um, you can give up for a little while. Not forever. Not forever. No way. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah. Joy and hustle. Yeah. So the joy so, is easy. Yeah, the joy is obvious. It's Tiffany Dufu's book, Drop the Ball. She also has a, a really beautiful YouTube channel, and she's got some of her points in uh, really well-produced YouTube videos, but I would still encourage you to read the book or use, I, I did the, the audio book. I did that when I walked my dog. See, efficient use of time, making a priority. And it was really good. And I don't think you get the same impact just by watching the, the YouTube videos as you do for the with the book. So I would absolutely, it is a bit of a, it's like a nine hour audiobook, but I squeezed it in there. I made it happen. So really strongly recommend that. Yeah. And she does read the book, which is nice. So mm-hmm. author narrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for hustle this week, we're going to post a collection of apps that you can use to sort of outsource some basic things in your life. So things like laundry or car servicing or whatever, especially if you live in California, I just want to say a plug. I'm always jealous of like our California (laughs) people because you have basically like every possible startup vying for your attention. And you have like, if you want someone to come to your house and pick up your bags of laundry and bring it back and pick up your car and service it as a mechanic and bring it back and (laughs) go pick up your prescription. Like you can have somebody else with the push of a button on your phone, do anything for you, especially if you're in California. So, um, you should use those things. And the reason why we wanted to just take a minute and talk about that is because of just sort of insider baseball tip on the way startups work. Most startups, especially those that are venture backed, they lose money on every customer. So they're trying to get you to use their app so that they can show their investors that they have a daily active user. <laughs> like it, they're not actually trying to make money off of you. And quite often those folks are losing money off of you and off of every transaction. So you actually can get 
really good services at a discount, like, like cheaper than you could do yourself in many instances, um, just because you're benefiting that startup by being a user on their platform. So just think about that. You know, it's not like prices are going to be automatically marked up. I know I've done a bunch of the meal delivery services, especially when we were in Seattle, because you could get anything there. Um, now my options are much more limited, but I knew like hello fresh, they were losing money on every box of meals that they sent to us. Like there's no way there is no way that they were making any money. In fact, like I don't even know how much they were losing. They were maybe losing like $50 a week on sending me a, like a box of three ingredients for three meals. And I, it was fascinating because I, I canceled a couple times because I was unhappy and had conversations with the customer service when I would cancel. And it was amazing the stuff that they would throw at me to just get me to try another box. And I was like, wow, you're basically cutting my grocery bill in half this week and you're going to like send me what I'm asking for. Okay. So just a tip, like find some apps, like one app that can provide a service, whether it's like jean shopping or dry cleaning or, you know, whatever, find something that can replace some of the time that you're currently spending so that you can use it on something you really care about. And in the rest of the world, like <laughs> Canada, we don't have such things. Oh, well, that's not true. We, have, we do not have as many. When I was, you not know, the as future, many. That's true. You don't, not you guys don't even many. have Stitch no. Fix, right? You still no. don't have Stitch Fix. Okay. No, like there's so many things you guys have that we don't have. We just got in Calgary anyway, we got Skip the Dishes and I just looked it up and it's in Calgary, Edmonton, and Victoria. So three cities. Oh boy. And they, it's like almost any restaurant in Calgary they will deliver um, to. It's it's great. I've used it a couple times. Super great service. Beautiful little app. But we just, you have like people who will go do errands and stuff. Oh yeah, anything, anything. Yeah, like fancy hands. Yeah, and uh-uh. Postmates is, for those in the US, yeah, like Postmates. Postmates is the equivalent of what you're saying. But Postmates will like go to Starbucks and get you a cup of coffee and bring it to you. <laughs> It's crazy. And it's like That's $3. Crazy. And I'm like, how is that $3? How is it $3 for you to go get me a latte and bring it to me? Like how? And then there's a transaction fee and stuff, right? But I'm like, there's no way this makes sense. So just the the whole thing is going to tank. Just I think it's all on its way out. So just get in on it while the system's still there. <laughs> Well, in Canada, it's like pizza delivery and hire a real person to clean your house. That's all yeah. we've got. Well, yeah, but things are so, so, but you benefit from like, maybe having it be more affordable. I don't know. No, no, nothing. No, I don't think so. We have free healthcare. You have healthcare. So that trumps anything. So we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. All right, everyone. This is a fun topic. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. Bye. Soulful MBA is not just the name of our podcast. It's also the name of our premium business course and community. If you are a wellness entrepreneur who dreams of growing your business online, but you're not clear on your next steps and you wish you had someone to guide you, then we've got something for you. Get Soulful MBA's first syllabus and three free video lessons by heading over to soulful.mba sample. Soulful MBA.